Is Trey Young on the Pelicans a possibility? How does Jackson Hayes get minutes on a fully healthy team? And is the one seed realistic for New Orleans? I answer your Twitter questions in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday, a game day for the Pelicans as they take on the Minnesota Timberwolves to keep this three-game winning streak, hopefully turning it into four games. But today on Lockdown Pelicans, we are answering your Twitter questions. Is Trey Young a possibility? How does Jackson Hayes get minutes on a fully healthy team? And is the one seed actually realistic for New Orleans? These are real important questions around the team. That's why I picked all of these. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all completely free, breaking down everything you want to know about this team in a way that no one else is. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And if you want to support the show, number one thing you can do, comment down below on YouTube. Forgive me if I sound terrible still dealing with the after effects of COVID, though I am feeling much better. And thank you for everyone who was saying, I hope you feel better. It's it's getting there. It's not fun, but we want to do a show. We want to talk about all this stuff. So let's get into it. I got an email from betonline.ag, proud sponsor of Locked On Pelicans, betonline.net. It was Trey Young. Is he the next superstar on the move? He's had some friction with the Atlanta Hawks, didn't even show up to a game after head coach Nate McMillan told him to stay home. So Trey Young's next team, if he's not on the Atlanta Hawks, the Pelicans come in with the seventh best odds, nine to one. So there's two fold to this, which is why I found that number kind of interesting. One, is this a realistic possibility? Is this a direction that New Orleans might want to go? Or is there something else at play here? And this question ties in perfectly to Twitter user Billy Me at M-E-E Billy. And he says, should the Pelicans trade for an all-star at the deadline or should they just stay put and keep their current depth? So let's use Trey Young as an example. You know, Trey Young is one of the better young guards in the league. He's a shoot-first kind of guy, but the numbers are there. He's been an all-star. He's led the Atlanta Hawks to fairly reasonable success, but not tremendous success. This year, he's averaging 27.5 points per game on 21.1 shot attempts, taking seven threes, not shooting the three ball well this year at 31.1%, but also averaging 9.9 assists. Guy keeps the ball moving, dishes out to teammates, gets downhill and drives and shoots threes. Last year, he shot 38.5% from deep. This is the type of guy that I do think makes sense in one aspect on the Pelicans, and this is going to tie into the third segment of today's episode, too. You know, New Orleans needs some more three-point shooting, having a guard that's willing to let it rip with the ball in his hands with Zion Williamson out there, I think really does help you. And I think you could slot him in to a starting lineup of... 
Trey Young, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valanciunas, and you would take Herb Jones out of there. You're you're not great defensively all of a sudden. Trey Young is not known for that. But I do think that lineup works. You're going to score a lot of points, and there's just too many threats for teams to try and slow down. And you can basically stagger and keep two of those guys out on the court at any given time. Two of the big four then. So here's also the problem with that. CJ McCollum this year can't be traded until after the trade deadline has passed due to the nature of his extension. So I don't know if you can really make a trade for an all-star unless you're putting CJ McCollum's $33.3 million in a deal. Trey Young makes $37 million this year. That is not easy to really add up to and get to. In the NBA, when teams are over the salary cap, the salaries basically need to be equal. You could do a deal that includes Devontae Graham, Jackson Hayes, Dyson Daniels, Garrett Temple, and Kyra Lewis Jr. and make the money work. But when you start to get to a five-for-one trade in the NBA, it's not happening. That doesn't actually work. Then all of a sudden, what do the Atlanta Hawks do with all those extra guys on their roster? They cut him, but then they've got to pay them. When you start to get to like five-to-one for a player, you should just throw out the trade. And if CJ can't get put into a deal and you're not going to put Valanciunas in a deal for another guard necessarily, unless you really feel confident about Jackson Hayes and Larry Nance Jr., but that's coming up in the next segment. You know, I just don't see if there there's a real way for them to go and get a type of all-star player. When you also look at a lot of the development on this, I've said, I don't know if you need to swing a huge deal. New Orleans is second in the West. We've been very critical of this team at times, but they're second in the West. They're good. We've seen them be good. I'll answer the question if I see them seriously as a one seed or not. But look, if they were the three seed, we'd be thrilled about that sort of thing. Do you want to bring in a guy like Trey Young that potentially disrupts some of the team chemistry? I don't think he's like a locker room cancer. I think he would be just fine here. But you'd also need to give up a lot of picks, including the Lakers pick this year, though they won last night against the Orlando Magic. Do you want to give up that asset? And I'm not really sure that I do for someone who's going to be making $45 million at one point on the current contract that he's on. I don't know if I want to really disrupt some of the growth from Dyson Daniels, maybe Kyra Lewis Jr., who started to look pretty good, and some of the other young players on the team. I think at this point, it's keep on the trajectory, the path that you're on, and add cheap, cost-controlled guys through the draft because you're going to need it when this team gets really expensive. Get nailing another pick with that Lakers pick this year, assuming they swap, or a Lakers pick in the future too, and having those guys on rookie deals for four years is going to be important when CJ's at the end of his extension and maybe starting to look towards the end of his career and you need a cheap replacement for him. Those type of things when we're thinking about a long-term window with New Orleans is really important in a small market. And as we talked about in yesterday's show, well, they do a good job and they've done a good job of drafting, developing their own guys. So you can see this pipeline continuing and the engine sustaining itself and driving itself forward. So I don't know if they really should trade for another all-star level player. There's certain guys that absolutely I would consider. You put Kevin Durant and I don't have to give up B.I. or Zion. I'm, I'm interested. There's a number of other players, too, that I think would fit really well. But right now, Trey Young, eh, I'm not sure if that's the move that I would make, though his three-point shooting and his ability to launch from anywhere definitely intrigues me as someone that I think would fit really well next to Zion and the type of player that New Orleans could use. But I'm also happy with what we're seeing from the, from the team right now when it comes to all this. So the other thing, I mentioned it right in the beginning of this, you know, there's kind of two sides to this, right? Why, why is New Orleans in this mix? 
And that's simply because they have a ton of young, uh, a ton of picks, ton of picks. They could trade for conceivably anyone in the league right now, young players and picks that'll get you anyone you want. So odds makers, they're always going to be tied to names in the rumor mill, all of that. I wouldn't necessarily read too much into it, but let me know in the comments down below. Do you want to see him trade for another all-star? Do you want to see him stay as they are? Or is Trey Young like the, you know, a yes or no kind of guy for you? Would you trade for Trey Young? Answer any of those questions in the comment down below on YouTube. So coming up next, let's talk about Jackson Hayes and where he fits into the rotation. If what we're seeing from him is real, I think that's an important part of that. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Tonight, I'm taking Zion, who sounds like he's going to be playing over 23 and a half points. You can go and do this with anyone. So the way prize picks works, you pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best part, you're not competing against other people. You're not playing against professional gamblers, other things like that. It's just you versus the projections, and you get to see it. You pick more than that or less than that. Points per game, rebounds, steals, blocks, they have it all. So you can pick and choose and make your custom combination there. And they offer projections on any sport that you watch. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Plus, they're safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. And now, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus incident reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's Take of the Day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So, we talked about Jackson Hayes yesterday, starting to look good over these two games. We've been through this cycle before, so I'm not ready to fully buy in, but I'm thrilled with the production we've gotten out of him for two games, and I hope he continues this and makes it a problem that New Orleans has too many people that they've got to handle. So this question comes from Mike Abair at Cajuns Mike one How do you get Jackson Hayes minutes when the team is healthy? Perhaps you cut into some of Larry Nance's. This is an interesting question and a good problem for New Orleans to have. You know, too many good players is is only a good thing. Their depth has really sustained them at times. So if Jackson Hayes is playing like this, you do need to get him some minutes, and you probably need to have it be more than token minutes. First and foremost, he'd replace Billy Hernan Gomez, I think, in the rotation. I think that part is fairly obvious. Billy has been used very sparingly, has done well in the minutes that he's gotten, I think, or well enough in the minutes that he's gotten. But I do think Jackson Hayes looks to be more of your future than Billy Hernan Gomez would, would be, so you would play him over. Billy has played in 16 games, averaging 10 Point three minutes per game. If you could find minutes like that for Jax, I think that could work enough. Jax has played in 13 games, averaging 11.1 minutes per game. And Billy's putting up better point totals and rebounds during that time. But Jackson has looked good and been very influential these past two games. So one of the things to consider right now, though, is we are, and this is something that I talked to Antonio Daniels about a lot, particularly before games. We live in the era of load management in the NBA. Guys get rested. You think kind of the long-term thing, and it does dilute the regular season a good bit. 
you know, we saw it when the Warriors have come to town the past couple of years. They're not playing any of their star players here. That's something that happens. You need to have extra guys ready to go to win you games so that you're not just punting on them and losing them because those games, while the regular season might be diluted, do matter at the end of the season in the standings. So having a guy like Jackson Hayes, I think, can be important. And it's kind of like rotating guys a little bit in soccer, I think. You know, when you're in the Premier League or Serie A and you're also in the Champions League or the Europa League or you're playing in your domestic cup, they sometimes run different starting lineups out there and they cycle through a lot of guys. You're seeing that a little bit in the NBA right now. The Pelicans are doing it due to injuries. But you're also seeing it with teams like the Clippers, load managing guys like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George a lot. Chris Middleton is going to be heavily load managed by the Milwaukee Bucks and others because the postseason is truly all that matters. Same thing with kind of Chris Paul, right, in the Phoenix Suns and Devin Booker to a lesser extent. It'll mean that Jackson Hayes does get minutes and is going to be able to play a role on this. There might be nights where you give Larry Nance Jr. off. He's dealt with injuries. Maybe you do want to load manage him a little bit, knowing that in the postseason he'll be ready to go and playing a bigger role than Jackson Hayes will, just like it was this past postseason. We've also seen Jonas Valanciunas play heavy minutes for New Orleans, more so than he's ever played in his career. At the end of last season, I think you saw he started to look a little sluggish and tired, and maybe that influenced him or affected him in the postseason a little bit. So do you want to maybe give him a night or two off? And if you have an option in Jackson Hayes, you can do that without missing a beat. And I think that is important. So Jackson Hayes can get minutes on this roster, even fully healthy, because you're still going to be giving dudes nights off. I don't know if New Orleans is going to fully operate in that capacity, They haven't really done that just yet. You know, early on in the year when it very clearly looked like CJ needed some time off and they didn't give it to him. You know, do you, does that mean New Orleans just doesn't operate this way? Quite possibly. But I also think as you kind of realize where you are, that you're in the standings, your depth can get you wins, you can start to take that approach and alter it on the fly a little bit. So I do think Jackson Hayes has a role to play. I think they would like to try him next to Zion Williamson a little bit to really see how those two work. When he was drafted, I was pretty convinced that if he developed right, he'd be a really good big, non-shooting big to put next to Zion because he's a vertical court spacer in the dunker spot. So I think there's going to be options to get him minutes as guys get rested. And as we've seen, New Orleans takes a very cautious approach to injuries. If a guy gets hurt, you know, it's not usually just like one game. It's a couple of games. That means it's like Jackson Hayes time or other player time to really step up and go and do their thing. So there's options for Jackson Hayes. Now... All of that said, at a certain point, you want to be peaking and you want to be playing your best basketball and having your guys out there and building and filling in any little bits and gaps in your chemistry and things like that. And that's towards the end of the season. So I don't think you're going to be load managing the final two, three weeks, month of the regular season. I think you can do it now to have guys healthy for there so that you can really make sure you're firing on all cylinders, peaking at the right time going into the postseason. You know, B.I.'s injury is a big part of that, right? They're not going to, you know, they might load manage him a little bit. We got an update on that, that he's starting to go through more contact and practices. But again, conditioning needs to get up. Individual work needs to get up before we see him back. So that and the way they approach injuries and load management, I think is maybe one thing that could keep New Orleans from, (coughs) sorry, from, a one seed in the Western Conference, even though that is fully in play. If they're not peaking at the right time late in the season when you've got to be playing your guys and others are, load managing way, you know, games isn't going to get you wins. 
And I do think that's something that could hold New Orleans back. So you can do it for a short period of time. I don't know if you could do this for, <coughs> sorry, told you I got to take a sip of water here. I don't think you can do that for a long period of time. So let's get into that though. Is the one seed a realistic possibility? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. So get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, whether it's pro football, college bowl season, basketball, whatever it is, they've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. And it's the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting info. You want to bet on Willie Green to win coach of the year? That was one of the questions here, which I'm going to save for a later date, but it was a good one. You can do that. Zion Williamson MVP futures? Absolutely. Who the all-star starters are going to be? You want to get it on the over-unders on any given night for players? You can do all of that over at betonline.net. So head to the website or use your mobile device to go there to learn more about the trends in action happening right now over at betonline.net. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. Whether you're a new listener or you've been with me over six plus years of doing the show and 12, 13 years of covering the team, I appreciate you being here, making me part of your day, even when I sound terrible. And hopefully we're adding a little bit to your day, making it more fun to follow this team or at least more insightful. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube and comment down below on YouTube. Number one thing you can do to support the show. Now for your second listen, Sean Payton coming back to the Saints, please. Is there any possibility that Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints, breaking down everything black and gold? Go check it out for your second listen, Locked On Saints. Today, we are answering your Twitter questions. It's basically a mailbag episode of Locked On Pelicans. Next one, I like this. This one comes from Yiki Durkin at Remington Thomas. Is the number one seed a realistic possibility, or do you see the Pelicans falling more to around three to five? This is a good question. They're second in the West right now. They're, I don't, Denver hasn't played yet when I'm recording this. They're a half game back of Denver for the one seed. They were the one seed for a week or so. This team has proven they can beat some of the best teams in the NBA. They beat Denver, right? They, you know, they were somewhat competitive at the end of the game against the Bucs, and then they got blown out by the Boston Celtics. This team has, has been one in the West, you know? So in a sense, like, yeah, they absolutely <coughs> could be the first seed in the Western Conference. Is that realistic at the end of the season? Well, it depends maybe on how many games Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson play together. That's clearly been an issue so far. They haven't done much of that. And the Pelicans haven't been healthy. You know, if they want to really finish the season strong, because you can't load manage your way to the number one seed. Teams have tried and it doesn't work. You've got to have your best guys out there on the court. If we get you know, 40 more games of B.I. and Zion together, I think they have like something like that left or, you know, 35 games, then yeah, I'd feel pretty good about them being able to be the one seed. But I do think that Birmingham injury could hold them back along with their lack of three point shooting at times in terms of pure numbers. You've seen them not shoot enough threes. They're 25th in terms of three-point attempts per game. And during the stretch without Brandon Ingram, we've seen the offense really struggle to space the court for Zion or to just have another scoring threat alongside Zion Williamson to 
take some of the pressure off of him. That's B.I.'s job. Like That's what he should be there for. That's what he should be doing and would be doing. And when he's not there, it makes New Orleans easy to defend. And they have some games that are really a struggle and they lose certain ones that you're like, wait a second, should they have really lost to that team? Is that a problem? You know, the the two games against the Utah Jazz, or at least one, the second game against the Utah Jazz that went to overtime and New Orleans couldn't get points. That's going to hurt them. That's going to hold them back. So for those reasons, the lack of BI out there to give them more offense and the lack of three-point shots coming in at times. Look, if the Indiana Pacers were making threes in that game, I don't know if New Orleans wins by 20 necessarily. The Pacers made nine threes and shot just 25, 26% from deep. If that is closer to 40 and they bomb away, you know, New Orleans only shot 30% from deep. That math changes significantly. You know, if you're making twos, the opponent's making threes, a gulf grows there. And that can be a problem, I think, for the Pelicans in a sense. So, oh, I got to take that up. I didn't, wasn't even looking. Um, so I do think that could be a problem long-term for New Orleans. And I think they're going to drop a game or two because of that. BI doesn't play. They don't get the offense. They lose to a team that they shouldn't. One game, they just can't make threes or they're not taking enough and it just makes it so easy to defend Zion Williamson. When that happens, they're going to lose some games. And I do think that probably keeps them from being the one seed long-term. B.I. comes back, is healthy, doesn't get hurt the rest of the year. It kind of changes. So the answer is, it depends. I will say, though, it's absolutely realistic. They've done it already. There's no reason they can't be the one seed at the end of the regular season in the Western Conference. Doesn't mean they're title favorites. Doesn't mean they could win a title, but they can certainly be the one seed. They've beaten the Phoenix Suns. They've beaten you know, the Golden State Warriors, though I don't know if that counts. They've beaten the Denver Nuggets. They've beaten some of these top teams. Now, can they do it over the course of the year? They've beaten Memphis, right? They be, uh, played the Clippers. Uh, they can definitely be the one seed. But I think it's more likely that they'll be somewhere in that two to five range as opposed to the one because of those two issues that I just mentioned. Let me know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.